pull the bar into him for that first pull. And because of just how highly technical and difficult Olympic lifting is, that's why I'm like, you know what? Let's just find a way around it because these athletes don't actually do it as their competition. Yeah, I would say I think it's important. I, I think this discussion to me is most important to look at it like why why do some guys weightlift or have weightlifting in their program and some guys don't and and i've always like we we could have this argument and i and i think it actually just comes back to one what was your coach teaching you like what did you do as an athlete um yeah and, and using my example dr b used weightlifting exercises dr b worked with the soviet group he he knew all these guys so he used weightlifting movements and my high school guy we use powerlifting movements and we use weightlifting movements so i was exposed to it early on two where did i have uh most success as an athlete where did i feel the most success was when i implemented and started to do weightlifting exercises so when i was a, a sophomore in high school i really really went hard on it and you know i would i would clean every single day because my dad bought me these krayberg bumper plates for my for christmas and we actually still have them here at the gym they're these big huge fat Kraybergs, and that was the only thing i got for christmas that year so i would go out the the garage on a bar that wouldn't rotate and i would do power cleans and that was the year that i sort of like popped off on the field now I, what I, what I, you know, where I'm going with this is that I think that a lot of the training systems are going to be influenced by what your coach did and what you had most success with. And so yeah. to argue the point, I would say, or to, to, to go on your side, I would say like, I don't think you have to do it. Okay. I don't think you have to do it. And, and we have cases where we have athletes that they're, they're, you know, Alex Rose is an example. Sometimes he's he still works full time. So sometimes when he's traveling, he's in a he's in a, a hotel gym and he can't do weightlifting exercises for six, seven weeks at a time. And I don't think it's a big deal. It's like, OK, yeah, we, we can figure out some way to piece together uh, the, the way to make progress with him. Now, with that being said, I would also argue. If I have a kid that NARP, you get that 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 non-athletic regular person, right? And I have him in sixth grade or eighth grade or 10th grade. And I took him from day one with a weightlifting background versus a bodybuilding background or a functional background or a powerlifting background. I believe, I do believe because of the transfer that I would get that, that individual would be a little bit better in the weightlifting system than in the other systems. That That's like a total anecdotal statement. Okay. I would argue there would be, I think the 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 argument as far as and I, I'm going to come back around to the technical side, but the argument for me is like uh, if I if I get an athlete, you know, if I use somebody like Haley, my she's a 49k lifter, she's you know 110 pounds, and one of the things I do with the South Dakota State guys is I'm like, dude, I've got a girl who's 110 pounds and she can clean 250, she can back squat 340, ass to grass, she's got a 28 inch vertical. Like if you guys can't do this shit, like you're pathetic. Um, now. It's not the best coaching tactic, but it is fun to put people down sometimes. <laughs> now, I, I think that <laughs> going and looking at it, it's like the transfer, you know, if I'm short on time, if I have athletes that are, are short on time, they've got 40 minutes to train or 30 minutes to train. And it's like, all right, let's go in and do some uh, good power snatches and then just go in and hit bench. Like you can only train twice a week or something because they're short, they're working, whatever. I believe that the transfer 
from a snatch or the transfer from a clean or, or a full clean, if they've got the ability to do that, they have a background to do that, and they're proficient with their movement pattern, it's going to transfer to the squat. It's going to transfer to their pull. Uh, and I, I'll always use this example. Sam Mattis, uh, who's the, the one of the discus throwers that we train here, he's an Olympian, top eight at the Olympics in, in Tokyo. He didn't do a deadlift for four years. Okay, so his best deadlift was 605. He didn't do a deadlift for four years, but we got him to clean 450. You know, we had a power, we, we call this power fest, and we do a deadlift, back squat, and bench press. And he went into the deadlift, hadn't deadlifted four plus years, and he goes in and he pulls 700. Now, my argument would be the he, one, let's just acknowledge he's a freak. He's a genetic goat, right? Like he's, he's got that ability. But two, I would argue, the transfer from those pulls, the transfer from the front squats, the transfer from Mastergrass back squats carried over very well so that he could execute a very heavy deadlift. Now, then the discussion would be, all right, well, are we using deadlift in, in let's say, your system or not? I don't know. But I think that the where I would go is going back to the principles I learned from Dr. B is that the transfer of training is that if we can look at a lift and see what that those specific lifts can transfer over to, then the more that those lifts can transfer then I want to try and develop those specific lifts because I can, I can hone in on them. And then the other aspect is the variation is like, if we can get a, an athlete to do a hang power clean, a, uh, a normal power clean, a one box power clean, a two box power clean, and, and we can see all of these variables, the different tools that start to open up, then I can see that and help them, you know, potentially peak a little bit better, move a little bit better in specific positions. I can, I can in theory see, um, different exercises carrying over based off of joint angles. Now the other aspect then becomes quick break from the show to remind you to hit that like and subscribe button. It helps us out and it helps you be notified when we have new content get released. So again, please hit that like and subscribe button if you enjoy this content. And with that, let's get back to the show. How far do we teach technique? And I would argue the other big aspect that I learned directly from Dr. B was like, yo, you take, you take a full throw, go, go take a full throw and we'll fix your technique. But when we're going to fix your technique, it's going to be with a full throw. I think the, the, the problem that I see in the, in the team setting is the way that they're teaching the technique. It should be okay. One, what's the level of proficiency? How you just need to be proficient. You don't need to be a world-class weightlifter. You need to be proficient in that movement pattern. And then two, the only way they're going to get better at it is if they do it more. And so we know there's a dose response from volume for strength. We know there's a dose response from volume for technique. So let's get these guys a little bit better. And maybe you just use it in, as, as warm-ups to a point or, or whatever. And so I think that that would be my next argument is you don't get better at doing cleans or doing snatches, whatever it is, doing jerks by doing, you know, um, weird things with like just a dowel rod. Now we use a dowel rod to teach these positions in warm-ups. And we'll break things down as a warm-up that they're feeling these different patterns. But when we're teaching technique on day one here, we'll have kids that are in seventh grade, sixth grade, fifth grade, learning how to do a snatch day one. And they're doing it day one, day two, day three, day four. And so I think that that's my biggest argument is like, and, and now what I would do then is then look at your scenario and say, okay, well, if it's a team setting, if we have enough coaches, great. Now, if we're at a, at a point where we don't have enough coaches, that's going to bring up another another issue of, okay, well now we might not have enough eyeballs to actually give them proper cues. And then we have to see who doesn't have mobility or who has mobility. 
But a, a, another thing that I see consistently is like kids can't do a front rack. And it's like, all right, the fastest thing to do is if they can't do a front rack, don't have them clean at all. Have them do power snatches because they're likely going to actually be really stable when they catch a power snatch. So I would have them do power snatches lighter. Maybe you work on that front rack mobility, but like at the age of 20 or 21, is it worth spending all that time to improve their front rack? Or is it better to just be like, yo, let's squat more and jump more. And then it's like, all right, well, let's just squat more and jump more. So I think like I'm not a, a – going into the, the weightlifting discussion is like I'm not a dogmatic absolutist when it comes to it, comes down to it. And I think that that's like one of the big aspects. You've got to be willing to bend. Now my other argument though would be if you're at a power five and you can't get some of these guys to do these movements, then like you got to question and improve your training protocol and your technical teaching. And then, and then that comes back to like – Dude, power five football players should be able to execute most of these movements. Some of them I wouldn't have doing them if they if they don't have the background. You know, there, there might be a risk reward factor, but I think it comes back to a lot of these guys were taught the USAW method of technique, and it's absolutely horrific. It's it's terrible. In the US, we love to micromanage technical coaching. Instead of just being like, dude, this is a snatch. This is a clean. This is a jerk. This is how you do it. And your first rep's going to suck. And the only way that you're going to get better is if you do this 5,000 more times. Like, that's that's lifting. So deal with it and figure it out. And, stop, and let's write down goals and realize, like, we can get to that next level. I love the fact that you said that because there are – that's something that no other coach that is an avid fan of – the weightlifting technique will say they won't actually have the athlete complete the lift and you saying that they do a day one like yes that has to be it because for me my biggest thing was like how can you say just doing pulls and front squats is going to translate into doing the full thing if you never actually let them do the real thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that i think that you know it's it's an interesting argument too where i don't know how to say this without being too abrasive but like you you get like you see the memes about crossfitters and it's like you know, you meet a crossfitter at the bar and and then all of a sudden you're going to know the other crossfitter cuz they've got tattoos all over and I'm and I'm nothing nothing against tattoos or anything but they'll they'll have tattoos they'll wear they'll wear high socks and they're going to tell you that they're on the carnivore diet like they're all in crossfitters and the thing is weightlifters will make fun of crossfitters but the weightlifting world is pretty similar in that they have a very very similar like as soon as you as soon as you encounter a strength coach that has a weightlifting background, it becomes like, oh well, you know, this is how I teach to clean, and you have to have it. But it, it, in my mind, it's like, and there's a there's a couple other real quirky things that weightlifting coaches do, and I think that we've got to be able to bend a little bit with that because not everybody has the exact same background, and some kids will come in at twenty with no like twenty years old, no background in weightlifting, and they can do shit perfectly. And then some kids come in and they actually learn how to clean in high school and their techniques trash. And it's like, yo, maybe this kid shouldn't be cleaning because he, he yanks the bar, he bends his arm, he hunches his back, he gets to his hip, he's getting a bruise on his pelvic bone because he's banging the bar so hard. And then, he, and then he's getting choked out because he's so tight in his shoulders. And it's like, all right, well, maybe that's not the best situation for that kid. You know, we could do something else. And I, I think that's the, the downfall of the, the dogmas. It's like they're – this goes back to that Dr. B thing is like, there's more ways to skin a cat 
and or there's a lot of effective ways to, to skin a cat but like you can all get a very similar response just by slightly altering those movement patterns now with that being said the first thing i do 